Good morning, my friends, and welcome to another moment in Black History Moments. I sincerely hope this day finds the wind at your back and the sun in your face. Some people say that I do not tell the whole story of the story that I'm telling, but that was never my intention. This is moments, black history moments. This is not a joke, something that someone tells you and then a week later you have forgotten. My goal is to give you a spark, something that will ignite your interest, make you boot up that computer or turn on that pad and read the entire story for yourself. Education has produced a vast population of people able to read, but unable to distinguish what is worth reading. So let's slip into darkness for a few moments and find some truth. It has been 75 years since the anniversary of the tragic events of Port Chicago, California. This was the worst home front disaster of World War II. 320 people were killed, most of them U.S. Navy sailors, in an explosion at a naval munitions loading station. But it was more than just a tragic accident. The explosion exposed the appalling racial discrimination and mistreatment faced by African-American sailors during the war. Located on Central California's Susan Bay, Port Chicago was one of the largest and busiest weapons stations in the country, loading explosives onto ships bound for the Pacific Theater. All of the people doing this dangerous work were African Americans, and all of their commanding officers were white. And although the majority of these men were trained in specific jobs, like most of their black counterparts across the Navy, were employed only for manual labor. Now, this was a dangerous job, and the conditions at the port were dangerous. You see, because the commanders utilized speed contests to push the men to load more quickly, and almost none of the men had received specific instructions in ammunition loading or proper safety training. It was a contest amongst the officers to see whose Negroes could load the most ammunition. And on July 17, 1944, an explosion rocked the Liberty ship 
Brian, destroying it and the neighboring ship. At that time, several different types of munitions were being loaded into three holes of the Brian from neighboring train cars. One such operation was moving live incendiary bombs into the ship's number one hold by means of its shipboard crane, which was known to have a malfunctioning winch. However, the exact cause of the accident was never determined, as everyone who witnessed it, as well as the entire ship, were essentially vaporized. The explosion killed 320 men and wounded 390. 202 of the men killed were African Americans, as were 233 of the wounded. At Port Chicago, however, disaster was not averted, and it exposed the racial powder keg the Navy had tried to keep bottled up. This was a, essentially a whitewashing, my friends, because the Navy placed the entire incident on the enlisted men. They said the Negro soldiers lacked capacity to understand or remember orders or instructions, saying they lacked mechanical aptitude and were susceptible to mass psychological and moods, and that they disliked receiving orders of any kind, particularly from white officers, and that they were quite young with limited education. Because of the lack of intelligence and education, it was impracticable to train them by any method other than by actual demonstration. Essentially, they justified the lack of safety training by arguing that the enlisted men would not have understood it anyway. And the court said that the details of loading procedure at Port Chicago were as safe and in most cases safer than those in use at many other ports. On August the 8th, just three weeks after the disaster, men were put back to work loading at the same facility with few changes to the conditions, leadership, or safety measures. Many of the African-American men who witnessed the explosion had asked for a 30-day survivor's leave that is normally given to sailors who experienced a traumatic event. The leaves were denied to all African-American sailors, but granted to all commanding white officers. So when orders were given to commence loading, 258 sailors said, no, 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 that ain't happening. And all of them were arrested after being pressured by Navy officers and threatened with execution. All but 50 of these sailors returned to work. These men became known as the Port Chicago 50. And after a six-week trial, 
all were found guilty of mutiny and sentenced to 15 years of hard labor. Although the NAACP and future Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall mounted an appeal campaign for the sailors, their convictions were reaffirmed in June 1945. It was only the cessation of hostilities that convinced the Navy that the convictions had lost their usefulness as messages to other mutineers, and the sentences were reduced to one year. It was not just the so-called mutineers who were badly treated, but also those who were killed. The Navy had initially proposed compensation of $5,000 to the families of each person killed. That number was reduced to $3,000 under the pressure from Mississippi Congressman John Rankin, you remember him, right, who felt that it was too high a price to pay for black lives. This, my friends, is a story that you must read. The Port Chicago disaster is largely forgotten, in part because it upsets the narrative of the United States in World War II as a harmonious society pulling together in time of war. And that music tells me that it's that time again. And I will leave you with these thoughts. Until we confront our history of racial injustice and its legacy, we cannot overcome the racial bias that exists today. Until next time, it has been my honor. <laughs>